We believe that we are here as different backgrounds. I mean, say it didn't take you too long to understand that you are from a different background than somebody else that's up in here. Right. So we are from different backgrounds. But here's what we want you to understand. You belong because we are just simply one body. You belong because this is just what? One local body. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 14. Then verse 27 says, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of that body, though many are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. And then verse 27 says, ready, all of us read. Verse 27, ready, set, read. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Praise God. And hence, BCC, the acronym, stands for Body of Christ Church. And here is where we believe everyone one is significant and loved by God. Where everyone one is significant and loved by God. So let us declare today, you remain seated, but if you will, repeat after me and say it out loud because it's a good declaration and it's a good confession. Are you with me? So say it out loud and say it bold and brassy as though God is bringing it into your life and into your week, into your semester, into the rest of this fall year. It says, we believe and receive. What God has already declared about us. Our Father, Creator, and Maker knows the plans He has for me. Plans of good and not for evil. And I do not and I will not fail. I declare the Word of God says to give me a divine future and a hope. I will call upon the Lord in worship and I will listen and learn from his messengers and I will come pray to Christ at his altar because he hears and answers me. He knows my needs and I declare we will seek Jesus and find him by the leading of the Holy Spirit as we seek him with all our heart. Our identity is in Christ and God's power is released. Declares the Lord. Declares us, we are the heart of God. If anybody believes that and wants to receive that, give God a praise offering. Say, I will not fail. Hallelujah. Amen. So listen, don't measure where you are right now. Because God wants to assure you, you will not fail. God has your best interest at heart. Hallelujah. All right. <clears throat> this is the foreshadowing light. Psalms 139, verse 7. Where shall I go from your? 
or where shall I flee from your presence? If I say, look at the underlying parts, all these passages have an underlying part or a highlighted part. The highlighted part is for you to know for you. The underlying part is the background or the undergirding. Okay, so surely the shall cover me and the light about me will be night. Even the is not to you. The night is bright as the day for the is as with read that last underline for darkness is as somebody say amen. amen. And then in Isaiah 45 verse three, it says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord am the God of Israel, who call you by your name. Amen. I told the story last week that right near Ferguson, Missouri, next to the county over is Florissant. And I had no idea that our own members, um, very close to us, both uh, members from St. Louis and, 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 and uh, Jared, even goes to my mother's church in St. Louis. And, and of course, many of you all know Kendra, both of them on the track team. Neither would I have realized the very next day that they would be in the paper. Uh, represent the daily representing um, this particular issue. But here's a little story, understanding that I'm born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. When I was little, we went to a restaurant that had a theme and that theme was about pirates. That theme was about, you know, you know, ships. And that theme that they had was all about, you know, people walking around and, you know, talking, hey, what do you want? You know, that type of thing, you know. And how many understand as a theme, you just love it as a child. Are you with me? But the part I love the most was the what? Was the what? And the treasure chest was right on the inside of the door. So it didn't matter to me what the kids meal was about. I wanted to get to the what? Because when I went into the treasure chest, I pull out stuff like a patch. Is anybody with me? Thank you, Zanetta. They, they wasn't with me, right? Got they, you. You, got, I got you. you know what? Because I, I wanted to be like a pirate. Are you with me? Okay. You say, I don't want pirating is bad. I'm sorry. You just wait to the end of the message. That's okay. But, but I got a passion, and then especially don't let somebody miss or let me get there early. I'm going to say, I'm sure enough going to get a what? I'm going to get a sword, right? Now, I know y'all was watching, man. Sister Anna going to get you. I wasn't going to hit my darling, amen? I would have needed a ride home. <laughs> but how many understand that you wanted the stuff that was in the what? Amen. And I believe that sets the precedence for our message. So therefore, as a child, I ran in and practically dove into the treasure chest. Hence, we come up with this particular series and this particular series has been referred to already is that God's spirit filled treasure chest, BCC of Ames, Iowa. Would you read that with me? Ready, set, read. God's spirit filled treasure chest, BCC of Ames, Iowa. You know, not only is Ames already small in essence, right? But then in the midst of Ames is this this little place seemingly on downtown Ames and it's BCC. 
But I would like to really genuinely share with you that I believe, I believe God believes. And when this series has come to a conclusion, you'll come to understand, brother, Pastor Lawrence, that this is a treasure chest. Praise God. All right. So I want to do this text of truth. And the highlights are for discipleship. Say discipleship. discipleship. It's very important that we understand that uh, we are in a discipline. The root word of discipleship is discipline. And therefore, in that discipleship or discipline, we're becoming like Jesus. Are you with me? And therefore, that comes by way of knowledge and coming to know him. So in Ephesians chapter one, starting at verse six, I'm going to read very swiftly, but I want you to capture the highlights. And again, the underlying parts are good for background. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Let me pause for a moment. I want to uh, maybe kind of treat something kind of vigorously important because I'm, you know, we're at that point of the service where some people might get lost. You laugh about the, you know, the patch on the eye, but then we start reading scripture. You you start texting or you give me stuff. So, so here's something very important. Say when we come, we come to learn. Are you with me? It's very important. And let me tell you why. Because we are comprised of a soul, right? Spirit, soul, body. And we have emotions. We have a mind and we have a will. And so I want to talk about what we go for. When you come to a church, it ought to affect your whole soul. Are you with me? I'm going to say it again. In your feelings, I believe you ought to be inspired. I believe you ought to have some joy. Are you with me? It ought to be a celebration. One pastor put it this way. There's enough in the world that's trying to suppress you, put you down and make you feel bad. So I understand you ought to find a place that's going to uplift you. Amen. You know what? In your mind, you ought to be introduced to new thoughts or deeper your education or your knowledge about the things of God. So therefore, you've got to be attentive. Otherwise, let me understand, you can be distracted, right? So don't be distracted because you've got to feel something and you've got to think something. And the last part is which is most important. The reason you want to feel something, think something is because ultimately God is wanting to affect and have you respond in your will or your actions. Are you with me? That's good teaching. That's good teaching. Now, I got the intelligent people to say an amen. I know that's got to be at least decent. So therefore, we need to be fully engaged. My soul needs to be fully engaged. Are you with me? Say, my soul must be fully engaged. Praise God. Therefore, in verse 6, it says, To the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have what? In him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained a what? In him, we have obtained a what? Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. 
Real quick insight. What that really means is Paul is speaking here and Paul is speaking about we the Jews were the first to help in, to hope in Christ. Now this goes also to the Gentiles. So it says here in him. You also when you heard the word of truth, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. How many understand the salvation is not a feeling. That was good, wasn't it? And too often, potentially, we feel good in churches that we've come from sometimes, but we may not know much. So good to see you, Muffet. Amen. Listen, and believed in him. We're sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. We're sealed with what? Turn to your neighbor and say the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Everybody read verse 18, the yellow part with me. Ready, set, read. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Verse 19 says this. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his what? Which is his what? The fullness of him who fills all in all. And everybody said amen. amen. So here we again, we restate what is the meaning? What is the sentence structure or what are we trying to put forth as being the series or being the message that we're trying to collaborate or bring these messages around is this original thought that BCC God's spirit field treasure chest of Ames, Iowa. But since that's a sentence, we need to understand, you know, what does that come from? It comes as a series exegesis, meaning to extract something out from a particular scripture. So extracting out of Ephesians chapter one, verse 18. In other words, we're not making something up for our own good. It's in the text. So Ephesians 1:18 says this, that the eyes of your hearts. How many understand you have two sets of eyes? You have two sets of what? You've got your natural eyes, but how many understand you've got your spiritual eyes? And how many understand we can see things in the natural, but God wants to also escalate our lives so that we can begin to see things in the spirit. Because a lot of things that you fighting and battle and dealing with in the natural can be conquered in the spirit. If you saw it coming. Mm, That's good, isn't it? So therefore, the eyes of your heart would have enough light. How many understand in order to see you got to have enough light? Turn on your turn to your neighbor and say, may God turn up the light. 
right? May God turn up the light. So I like this translation here because it says enough light. How do you understand? You don't need a whole lot of light to see. All you need is a little bit of light. And that's just a tad, just an inkling. You know how you say I can see the light at the end of the? Because you don't need very much. Because scripture says the light shines and the darkness comprehends it not. Turn your name and say light. light. Oh, we going somewhere. Look at this. Enough light to see. See what? The hope of God to your purpose. Say purpose. purpose. Listen, if you're a college student, I want you to understand what the ministry is about. We want to help you discover and find your purpose because whatever you're in school for is not just for you to have a good grade and to have you a good job because whenever you're going to put something in that's 40 to 60 hours a week, you better believe it's going to go far greater when you have your purpose lined up with it. Your dream will come true when you are lined up that I was created for this. I was born for this. This is why I'm in this month. You know what? I was never understanding I was meant to be a pastor. I cared for people. I got in trouble with my mama because I love people. And boy, you so naive. You know, you just let people walk all over you. Had no idea I was designed, created as a child to be a purpose. Because I don't care if you walk on me now. God's got my back in Jesus' name. But whatever you was like as a child. You know why I've worked for FedEx so long? Because somebody put me on their lap when I couldn't touch the paddles. And they said, drive, boy. And I was driving and steering. And I was going up and down here. I said, this is fun. And when they gave me an actual steering wheel at FedEx and said, I'll pay you to drive. I said, I like this. But that started way back when I was a child. Say purpose. purpose. Thank you. And which he has called you. He has what? He's created you and he has. And get this, this is very important. Things happen in seasons. Right? Right? Brother Joshua, he was at the tournament golf course. Knows, knows, knows groundwork excellently. Worked at FedEx for a little bit. Aaron eventually had to pray him out of that situation. Now he's over at the city running things. How many understand there are seasons? God's just got to put it together for you. Don't look for the end. Look to live in the moment. All right. Be present. Well, when I get when I get the job, I really won't. No, be a good student now. Man, I'm preaching more than you're shouting again. All right. Let me hurry up. And what are the riches and what are the what? Or treasure. Say treasure. treasure. This is very important. Or the treasure of God's glorious inheritance is in the believers. Everybody say amen. amen. All right. So the series has objectives, the message, and the meaning. So it's just simply this, to, and you can participate in this. This series is to introduce and invite newcomers. What's the series for? To and newcomers, right? And some of us might feel shy about how we do that. And I just believe, you know, I'm going to say that I'm going to speak to all of us. You know, sometimes we want the church to be, you know, on fire and we want to be, you know, want to see more people come to the altar. We want people to see people saved, you know, we want to see people be spirit filled. But how many understand if you're already saved and spirit filled, that means you got to bring somebody that's not in order to see it. 
So, therefore, the next part of the body is, the next part is to encourage and what? To encourage and what? The BCC body. To rehearse the testimonies of God's glory given to us and then remember him in them, thankfully. To remember him in them, how? Here's the number one concept I want you to be clear about. I want you to take this home. I want you to remember it. And it seemed like the things that you all were emailing, Facebooking and texting, you, you I mean, people really got it. You know, uh, one of our members even talked about how another coworker or someone in their field sent them an email and used the word treasure in it. You know, and it just lit up on the inside of them. Right. So here's the issue. You personally are an inherited treasure. You personally are an inherited treasure. Say, I'm a treasure. Turn to three people and say, I'm a treasure. Come on, do it right now. Come on, say, I'm a treasure. This is a good confession. I know old boy sleeping. That's how I get him. Tell him, tell him, I say, I'm a treasure. And then after that, say, welcome to BCC. I'm a treasure. I'm a treasure. Now say this, and I believe it. You've got to repeat it so that you can continue to receive it. I'm a treasure. How many times sometimes you're struggling with how you feel? Yeah. You know what, honey? You're a treasure. You're a treasure. Guess what? This is not based on what side of the track you came on. Does not based on how much melanin you have in your skin. Does not based on how much money you have in your bank account. Does not based on what your grade, your GPA is. Doesn't matter if you was a, on the honor roll. Victor, doesn't matter. You're a treasure. Say, I'm a treasure. Hey, Amen. So here we go. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Jesus alive. SML. And I just love this particular picture because in this picture shows everything about Jesus being alive. It has the Holy Spirit, the representation of the dove, which woke Jesus up. We got an empty tomb because he left it. We got a little light off to the side as a candle and we've got a robe that was there. Now, the one thing that I don't know if that's really depicted well, because how many understand Jesus was very neat and he folded it up and put it back. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we want to go from SNL to Sunday morning live. Say Sunday morning live. Act like it's live and say Sunday morning live. That's good. Welcome here. We come to Jesus Christ who is alive. Coming to assemble to Jesus who is alive. And because Christ is alive, he's resurrected. He's been revived from the dead. We come to the live Sunday morning live version of worship where people genuinely have church. No, we don't have church. We be the church and have church. Why? Because we're here at the live version. I'm not going to be a, 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 a sofa saint or a bed beside the Baptist whatever you call it, TV. No, 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 no. I need to get to the live version. <laughs> Jesus is alive, therefore I want the live version. I don't know why y'all, five of y'all, eight of y'all clapping. I want the live version. Amen. Amen? Amen? Therefore, we're talking about singing. We're talking about getting your praise on, getting your stuff. I know it was a little quiet because some of y'all didn't know the song, but get with the song. You at least know how you, some of y'all got, some of y'all got rhythm. You can clap. Come on. Can't you put yourself in this thing? Because you're going to put in something, you're going to get something out of it. 
I heard a pastor say the other day, it was a youth, a teenager, and, he, and I don't even know who it is, so that's embarrassing. But he said, he said you know, the guy was sitting like this, you know, doing praise and worship, big old conference. He like this. He, I'm just reserved. He said, reserved? You wasn't reserved the other night when I saw you dancing at Drake. I don't know who Drake is. Is that somebody? It's a location. Thank No. <laughs> I'm going to deal with you afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to deal with her. <laughs> We're going to do prayer and altar call after service. <laughs> Whatever he was talking about was some kind of dance play, some kind of something. And you know what? How do you understand? How are you going to be up on Saturday Night Live <laughs> and Sunday morning? I'm just quiet. You weren't crying last night. You need to flip this thing from Saturday Night Live to Sunday Morning Live. Come on and get with Jesus. I tell you this much. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whatever you did on Saturday night is not going to keep you when you have need of things coming into your life from blessings. But Sunday Morning Live will open you up to the blessings of God. So here is spirit-filled revelation knowledge. This is great teaching, great teaching. The Bible says in the Amplified Bible, for I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Read the underlying point. That he what? A spirit of wisdom and revelation. God wants to give you that. Okay. Here's what the yellow part says. Of insight into mysteries and secrets. How many understand that your life would be on a whole nother level if you knew the secrets and the mysteries? Amen? If you knew the secrets and mysteries, here's an example. If I knew what God created me for, then I would line myself up with what I'm going to become. And not be sprinkling around, messing around with what what's your name in them want me to be. That's a good word. That right? So therefore, if you can tap into the secrets and the mysteries, you can set up your divine destiny while you were God created purpose. Amen. So look into the deep and intimate knowledge of him. So here's some understanding. In the knowledge of him, our Christian life must be centered around this purpose to know God as he is in truth, as revealed by his word and to correct our false idolatrous ideas of who God is. Because oftentimes we have these perceptions or missed perceptions about who God is and understand sometimes we're on polarized views, but it's not either or he's somewhere in the middle. I wish I could preach that longer. Let me say it this way. God is not your Santa Claus of name it and claim it. I like how some of y'all looked around because y'all think I'm gonna get in trouble. I know. That's okay. That is a doctrine that has gone flesh. 
Because it breeds on greed. It's good teaching. Let me tell you something. And whenever something reaches flesh, God said it will not glory in his presence. Polarized view. God is not, woe is me. Oh no, I'm just getting by. Oh no, God know my knees. I just live in day by, I'm hoping and a praying that I can get to class. And if the teacher find mercy on me, then I might just get a C minus. No, 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 no. The Bible, say Bible. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Amplified Bible says, imagine or dream according to the power that worketh in us. What is that power? The Holy Ghost. And he wakes you up at 725 so you can take the shower, get your clothes on, even if you have to throw your hair in a ponytail and get to class because you have an 8 o'clock. That's how you get there, not by wishing and a praying when the test is passed at you and you never went to class. Mm. Yeah. You can't get the job if you don't fill out the resume. Okay, I'm back. Those are free. The knowledge of him, it is important for us to have an accurate knowledge and understanding of who we are. How many agree with that? How many of you said you got to know you? But this is more important. Yet it is far more important and beneficial for us to know and understand who God is. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. So that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance is in the saints, his set apart ones. And everybody said, amen. amen. Here's what this means. If the Ephesians or us will know all God has given them in Jesus, say in Jesus. in Jesus. This is where the key is. How much God has given us in Jesus. It's in G. It's not in us. It's in Jesus. How much he's given us in Jesus. It will take a supernatural work. It will take a supernatural work for us to understand how much is in Jesus. And it says the word heart in scripture signifies the very core and center of life where the intelligence has its post of observation, where the stores of experience are laid up and the thoughts have their fountain. What that means is simply this. We've got to be able to experience eternity encountered on earth by Jesus Christ. You see, when you see, here's an example. Some people, like, here's, let's say, same congregation, doesn't even have to be BCC, but same congregation. You can come into church and you can say, man, I didn't understand the songs. I didn't understand the messages. I didn't understand why people was hugging on me. I don't understand why they were so happy. I don't understand why Pastor Ryan a lap around as he getting a workout. I don't understand any of that. What are they doing? Are you with me? Some same people of the same congregation can come in 
and they can say, man, that song was on fire. I began to weep when I began to sing that song and those lyrics right there. Man, and then the scriptures, that message was on point. Do you know what the difference is? The difference is preparation. You see, when you're already doing the things of God, you come in and you're not going off of what happened last week. You're going off of what happened last night. Right. You woke up and you put that CD or you turned that MP3 on in your vehicle and they began to sing that song. And then when you got here, they sang those same words and it began to get down in your soul and your soul began to be joyful and rejoice and be happy. And you couldn't help for clapping your hands. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. Not being rough on you. Praise God. Paul wanted them to know this. Few things give us a more secure and enduring hope in life than simply knowing that God, look at this, has called us and has a specific calling for us to fulfill. The hope of his calling has its perspective on the what? God has a perspective on your what? God has a perspective on your future. Look at this. We receive each prophetic knowledge and parallel of treasures. We receive each single person into everyone one, fully knowing people are a treasure. People are what? And that treasures come with concerns, secret issues and troubles. You see, treasures, just like we, you know, TV or read a book, whatever. Treasures are sometimes what? Buried in dirt, needing a map and legal ledgers and treasure hunters who are willing to go through the dust. Amen. I understand you got to have people that's willing to go through the dust to find it. You see, the through the dust is another Greek definition of the word minister. You've got to be able to have people willing to minister with you to get through the dust so we can get to the treasure. Are you with me? So it says this. Get this. Pirates of the Caribbean and national treasures combination. You see, I don't want to talk about pirates because they typically was after, you know, something not good or whatever in most movies or in most books, fictional books. Pirates are typically going after something wrong. You even use the word pirating for when you, you know, you copy a video you're not supposed to. That's called pirating, you know, stealing, whatever. So therefore, we don't want to talk about pirates in that regard. But as it relates to one, how they went after treasures. Are you with me? But not only that, like a national treasure hunt, in other words, where you're going around because something has been buried, something has been lost in time, and you need a map, and you need people that know how to look and read maps in order to get to it, because there's a treasure to be found. And I've told you already, you are the treasure. Hallelujah. Next, Paul wanted them to know the greatness of God's inheritance in his people. Look, this is very important. This is straight out of commentary notes. Paul wanted them to know the greatness of God's inheritance in his people. We usually think only of our inheritance in God. But Paul wanted the Ephesians to understand that they are so precious to God that he considered them his own inheritance. God considers us his inheritance. And this even is found in Deuteronomy. So therefore, the point here is that all throughout time, Old Testament, New Testament, God has always set his heart on his people and his people are his treasure. Therefore, we are treasures to God. Say, I'm a treasure. Say, I'm a treasure. Aren't you glad to be the treasure of God? Aren't you glad to be the inheritance of God? Hallelujah. Look at this. Verse 19. And so that you can know and understand. Say, know and understand. This is important. 
What is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength? When we look at these three verses or these two verses, verse 18 and 19, the Amplified Bibles does this breakdown for us. And I'm going to show you all three. Look at this. So you can know and understand three things. These two verses reveal so you can know and understand three things. One, the hope to which he has called you. Two, how rich is his glorious inheritance is in the saints. I got to pause right there to get you to understand this. We need to be careful not to brush off people. That's good right there. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? Because that person beside you was uniquely, divinely, fearfully made. And sometimes we're upset and disgusted, got attitudes and mad, Brother Kevin, with people when they are a treasure. Say a treasure. Oh, I'm so thankful. I want everybody to celebrate with me. This is such a joyful moment. What a great opportunity to show you what I mean. We have attending with us two weeks now a treasure, a divinely created, made by God treasure. And here she is. And some of you didn't even know she was here. But thanks be unto God that Jacora is sitting among us, worshiping and praising God, listening to the word of God. Let's thank God for her in Jesus name. Why? Don't brush people off because every person is a treasure. How many understand? I love this story. Uh, one of me and Kevin's boys. They didn't do well. Or Iowa State said, look, you're not doing so well in engineering here. I tell the story all the time. They said, no, no, we can't let you continue in mechanical engineering here anymore. Nope. I know you've wrestled for us. I know you've brought, uh, you know, a lot of attention to us. I know you've won some victories for us, but mm, that engineering degree, we, mm, not so much. The, the brother transferred to another university, got his engineering degree, started working for John Deere, and genuinely did not allow what man or a university or an organization stop him in what he was purposed and created by God to do. Somebody say amen. That's why I'm saying it doesn't matter. You're not going to fail. You've got the power of God to overcome whatever's obstacle is put in your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because of what is the immeasurable, unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and of us who what? Who do what? Believe. Come on. Mess is getting better. You know, it's almost at the end. Come on now. Look at this. Which he exerted in Christ when he did what? Raise. When he raised them from the what? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is in us and will raise us up from any situation. You got to catch this. This is verse. This is scripture text. Christ died for sins once and for all time. The one who did what is right died for those who don't do right. He died to bring you to God. Everybody read the highlighted bold part. Ready, said, read. His body was put to death, but the Holy Spirit brought him back to life. The Holy Spirit brought Jesus back to life. Oh, Sister Gwen. And that same spirit is in us. You know what? I'm going to skip these verses. I'll just read this last part. Look at this last part. It says this. And Jesus Christ 
is still filling people today with the Holy Spirit. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Come on. All right. Now I want to talk at you. I think some of you all can understand this portion as we just walk through the scriptures and hopefully treat a little bit. SML Sunday morning live at BCC. I just want to walk you through these notes real quickly. You see, I remember and recall when we were crazy enough, I would treat something into existence. <laughs> you see, speak it out. Call it out. Out of Romans chapter four, calling those things that are not as though there were. That's scripture, right? And believe it, though we did not see it. Preach it into existence. There were minimal mockers and doubters, especially they were on the outside and not on the inside. Are you with me? I was more credible then and lower list of failures. And I understand and I say it with humility and I said, you know, maybe in a repentive way that because of those failures, that those that have been here longer, you know, it's hard to to follow when you've seen, you know, we talked about doing certain things and maybe they didn't happen. And so then, you know, for you can't help it. But in your mind, it begins to decrease or you, you know, something happens in a ministry where you get hurt and, you know, that hurts your feelings or, you know, you were in a hospital and maybe there wasn't a visit or, or something like that. And so those type of things add up. And so, you know, it just not that I'm trying to talk about my bad things, but how many understand that they affect are you with me? And so, but, but those letdowns, God can genuinely resurrect and revive. Are you with me? Amen. Let me ask you a question. When you let somebody down, don't you want another chance? Got a real hearty amen on that, right? When, when you let somebody down or you hurt somebody's feelings, how many of you want, you want another, you want another what? How many understand you, you want to be forgiven, right? How many understand you didn't turn in that homework and you hoping that the grace period didn't run out? D are you with me? That report that's due, right? So, so in the same way, I just want to say, you know what? I remember when I was preaching and we had one person that was European descent, also known as white, right? We had one person, but you know what I was preaching? We're an interracial ministry. I was strong. We're interracial, right? You know what? Preached it into existence. Somebody say amen. amen. Guess what? We had 93 people in regular attendance, and that's counting people that was inside of people. Are you with me? <laughs> right? You know what? And, and if and don't let me hear that you had twins in your family, we count that twice, right? I no, I, they didn't see it on the ultrasound, Pastor. That, uh uh. I, one, two, Three, four. <laughs> are you with me? Right, Pastor, Brother, Brother Jeremy. So, so here's the issue. We would preach. We had 120 people like in the upper room and we only had 92 people. How many understand we got more than 120 now? Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Look at this. Uh, multiple bank accounts, right? When we first started, we had less than $5,000 when I first started preaching here. When I first started pastoring, had less than $5,000. We're going to have multiple bank accounts and bank account in this bank. And we need our savings and we're going to have an investment account over here. We didn't have enough. Listen, we had, the speakers we had had coverings on them and they was torn. You remember that, brother? I don't know if you remember that. They were torn from the top to the bottom and people would put gray tape on it to keep it together. Are you with me? 
How many know we got multiple accounts now? Amen. Guess what? You're sitting in a paid for building. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Right. Who would imagine BCC got five, like five and six staff members? What? Hello? Now, they ain't paid very much, but, you know, we got staff. Amen. Listen, multiple bank accounts in our own building. Look at this. Partly because I believed it. But now we are mature. We've seen more. We've cultivated challenges, right? We're bigger now. It now requires all of us to believe. This can't be built about one person. This got to be built about us all. Everyone one has to believe that God is ready to do something miraculous and powerful through this treasure chest. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me show you what I mean. You see, I envisioned this start again at the beginning of 2014. Listen, leaders. Listen, members. You know, I was talking about start again, right? I was talking about begin again. That was, that was the phrase I was using. Begin again, start, you know, start again. But I came into a board of directors meeting, and, and they, they talked to me about that. And some of them, you know, at least a couple of them felt a little funny about that. Like, man, you know, you know what about all the good things that we've done? It's to start over, to start again, sounds like something's bad. Are you with me? Amen. And so they kind of talked to me about that, you know. And then I talked to about MLT and just a couple of weeks ago with the MLT ministry leadership team that we meet every Tuesday. And they're such faithful women of God, men of God, you know. And so one of them talked to me about that. And they talked it in the meeting. They said, you know what? You know, we've done that so many times, you know, is, is well, oh, we're starting again. Oh, we're beginning again. Oh, we're starting again. And I understand I just felt like, you know, you're just running out of that. Right. Doesn't mean anything. But this is what happened. I was listening to the renowned kingdom shaker, Brian Houston, Brian Houston of Hillsong, Australia and all over the world now. And this whole year, their vision is pioneer again, pioneer again. And I thought to myself, wow, the difference of one word. Now you can say, man, he's very successful, Pastor. How are you going to compare yourself to that? How are you gonna? That's not what I'm trying to do. All I'm saying is that the difference of one word, say one word. And you know what? He's preached all year long and he's talking about this concept of pioneering again. Like they've done so many things. But how many of us have the spirit to pioneer and to go where uncharted waters are, to go into grounds where it's not there? How many understand that? Right. Is anybody here? Let me just ask you a question. When you left high school and you came here, you're a pioneer. How many understand when you started that new job, you're a pioneer. One of our former members said this, you know, they were in their career. They were at the top of it. They had people under their command. You know, they were at the top of their whole corporation on the executive board and everything. And, and, and it had hit a glass ceiling. They weren't going to pay them anymore. They weren't going to give them more staff. And he just said, you know what? I just went to another place. But he said, I'm starting over again. How many understand that's a pioneering spirit where you pick up from where you were and you start a whole new trail? Are you with me? I think that we have accomplished a great deal of things at BCC, but it's time to pioneer again. It's time to what? Look at this. Today, we at BCC, keep playing. Today, we at BCC, we're God's spirit-filled treasure chest. You know, we have paid for people's rent. We have been a part of utilities, people that were going to have things cut off. We've been a part of people that were homeless. The story is told how these people, this whole family was living out of a car and they were living out of a car and they would park on the hotel lot. And some of our members and some of our teenagers had found them. And all of a sudden we went from them being homeless with children and everything like that to getting them into an apartment. We became so close with their realtor that we knew the realtor by first name and they knew us as well. 
It didn't mean that we took full responsibility, but it was a matter of getting them to where they need to be. Somebody say amen. amen. This is a spirit-filled treasure chest. You know what, BCC? We have put food on people's plates when they did not have any. We've opened up the serving center. We've closed it since then. But we would put whole bags of food in people's houses, children, all kinds of people. And here's the thing. Most of these people never attend BCC. Some do, but some never do. Are you with me? Come on, don't lose your sight. I want you to understand what this is about. You see, in the town of Leon in Nicaragua, this is a powerful message that goes there. And, and I, I want to give you two things about there. First of all, what a wonderful town, wonderful on fire for Christ. And I'm telling you that one of the most powerful things that ever happened while we were there this year was that we was in this new facility, this new, new town or whatever. And one of the days, several of the days, but a couple of days, the lights went out. The electricity went out in the whole entire town, this whole entire city, the whole entire community. You would think that people would not come to church on that particular day. Are you with me? No power, no sound system, no microphone, no anything. But right there in the dark, and when it's dark there, it's real dark. It's not like, you know, light or no, it's dark. Are you with me? And do you understand all of us near tears, all of us near tears, when you heard us praise and worship a cappella, it was so beautiful. It was, be it was incredible. The church was more filled on the night of the electricity being out than it was on the day before. And in the dark, the people of God was just singing. And Sister Janie said it this way. It was so anointed. I want you to understand you were a part of that that day. You are a part of it, even right now, as some of the people there are helping people in their homes. I won't go through all of that. But there was a couple we met. And through a language barrier, I'm translating or, or uh, Sadrach's translating. And I'm praying with somebody at the altar. I'm praying with this young lady at the altar. And I thought that we were supposed to be praying for her that she was about to get married. You know, lost in translation. But how many understand God understood the language? Did you realize that though we were praying and I thought she was praying beforehand, later on we come to find out that she was a part of one of the host homes and they had been married 26 days. But she had already began, I saw it in the spirit, she had already began to divide herself from her husband through unforgiveness. She was already hardened by it. I don't know what he was doing. From the translation with um, Sadrach's brother, sounds like he's being mean to her and things like that. We sat down with them. And we counsel them, the oracles of God. And the next thing you know, they're hugging together. I think you saw it on Facebook. They're kissing, all these types of things. You were a part of that, Sister Laura. You were a part of that. Say, I was a part. Say, I was a part. Come on, you've got to care about the things of God. God cares about you. You're a treasure, but a treasure is designed to care about others. Somebody say amen. I'm not lost yet. Here we go. We're almost done. Listen, right now there's a mobile sound system that BCC was a part of going all over Uganda, going all over where? All over villages and places, a sound system that UBCC put in place so that the gospel of Jesus Christ could be shared, especially to orphans and widows. I want you to understand, this is a spirit-filled treasure chest, but you're doing great things all over the world because you're a part of that. Say, I'm a part. Look at this. You know, we had young students experience God for real for the first time at Jesus Culture Conference in Chicago. We've had many people go to the love and, and the revolution of love and that conference of Joyce Myers. And some of us, even here and today, was prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And right now you're spirit filled. Why? We're part of that. 
Your babies have been blessed. People have been baptized by the dozens. There have been healings after healings. You may not hear about all of them, that sicknesses and disease go away from us, stomach aches and headaches, and your children gets prayed for, and they said that they had a disease, and now the next thing you know, they're playing in school. Look, even Mook right here. Mook got his leg broke one time, and, and, and something happened, you know, and here we are, his parents, his mom, and his dad, his family, their church praying. We're praying. Here he is playing the drums now for us, right in this, in this own church. Listen to me. God is a spirit. This is a spirit filled what? This is a spirit filled what? Treasure chest. <laughs> this is a spirit filled what? Thank you. I don't want you to miss this. And in Ames, among churches and pastors, this is what we are known as. We are known as Ames as the interracial, spirit-filled church who worship God with reckless abandon expressively. Come on, somebody, and say amen. You know what? Other churches have a different call. But we worship God expressively. We go after it with all of our heart. That's why it's about being live. Now, if you want to go to an intellectual and a big money church, you can choose one. There's some great churches around here. They teach the word, break it down, fundamental, evangelize. They go over the world, saving people. But this church is meant to be alive and to be spirit filled. Listen to this. More than a dozen, I can name them, more than a dozen saved from suicide by the purpose to live. Full of Jesus Christ. I'll give that to you later. Stand to your feet. Can you get that? Can you get that Lecrae ready, if you will? Everybody say darkness. I want to give you a quick revelation. You can turn lights down, if you will. If you don't have the Lecrae, it's okay. Listen to this. Everybody say a patch. I want to give you a small understanding about this. And some of y'all might know it. Don't ruin it for the rest of us. But listen to this. This patch that represents what... I guess my head's too big. <laughs> but this patch that you see on pirates... Listen to me. Is not because... Every pirate was stabbed in the eye and got hurt. I went to a library and I said, librarian, you know, how many of you expect librarians to know a lot of stuff? I said, hey, you know, why don't you tell me something new today? She said, well, did you know my boss had already told me this? You know how much he likes that, right, Kevin? So here he is. Patches with pirates is this. Pirates, smart pirates. They wore a patch over their eye so that when they were in the light, it was conditioned to see in the darkness. Because when they went down in the gallows of the ship, it was absolutely pitch black. So therefore, they would take the patch off their eye. But because that eye was trained to see in the darkness, they could see while in the darkness, though everybody else could not see. So therefore, pirates could see when it was in the light and they could see when it was in the darkness. And that's why I want to be a treasure hunter that is able to not only see in the light, 
but to see the treasures that are hidden in darkness. I want to be a treasure hunter because in this treasure chest, you are a treasure and you are a treasure and you are a treasure and my wife is a treasure and you're a treasure. Why? Because you've got to not only be able to see in the light because so many treasures are hidden in darkness. You're valuable. You're a treasure and God has put value on you. <laughs> Yeah, we might be a little church. We're probably the smallest of all the relevant in churches, but we're the only church that's a spirit-filled treasure chest. You have a purpose, and God's got a treasure for you in you to be discovered. Listen to this man who's changing the world. And God has shown me that ultimately he's my father it drives me to keep pressing I started volunteering at the juvenile detention center some of those songs that I had written in my darkest times when I was crying out to God I would do for him and you just see him sitting there weeping and time after time they keep requesting it they can't do that song again can't do that song again I just need that to hold on to I need something that's gonna remind me that I need Jesus. It hit me like, this is what I want to do. I want to use music to, to offer hope and encouragement to people. I was created by God, but I didn't want to be like him. I want to be him. The Jack Sparrow of my Caribbean. I remember the first created being and how he shifted the blame on his dame for food he shouldn't have eaten. And now look at us all out of Eden. Wearing designer fig leaves by Louis Vuitton, make believing. But God sees through my foolish pride. And that I'm weak like Adam, another victim of Lucifer's lies. But then in steps Jesus. All men were created to lead, but we needed somebody to lead us. More than a teacher, but somebody to buy us back from the darkness. You can say he redeemed us. <laughs> learn to stay close to my source of significance, to my source of worth. That's God. My name is Lecrae, and I am second.